Welcome to The Third Rail Entrepreneur, a podcast about enrichment. Enrichment of your mind, your relationships, your body, and ultimately your business via the entrepreneurial path. My name is Alistair MacDonald. Let's get started. what exactly is a third rail entrepreneur? To answer that, I have to tell you a little about who I am and how we got to now. I'm originally from Zimbabwe and Africa, born in the country of Rhodesia. I grew up in a violent, brutal civil war that lasted many years of my youth. As the country of Rhodesia became Zimbabwe, I grew up in an environment of wildlife and spectacular danger and excitement, cross-cultural pollination and ridiculously beautiful experiences. It was also heavily supported and imbued by a strong sense of entrepreneurship that I grew up with in the blood of my family. As far back as I can find in the history of my family, going back 130 years before we moved to Africa, stories of entrepreneurship laced throughout. Everybody, as far as I can find, in my family worked for themselves and didn't even work for each other for the most part. So the idea of starting my first my my own business and being my own boss was almost not even a conversation. While it was never expected, it was somewhat assumed. There's a difference. So by the age of 18, I started my first business, a safari business. That, through the blessing of good fortune and good timing, which, as you'll come to see, is the story of my life. I'm the luckiest guy you'll ever meet. I could shoot up in the air and kill a fish. It doesn't seem to matter what I do, things work out for me. And that is a theme that's going to keep coming up, how we can increase our luck. And this gets to the premise of the podcast. But from the safari business, I moved on. I ended up moving into the, uh, the first of all, the safari business. I, I did got to do remarkable things. I uh, led expeditions to Central African countries with National Geographic. I did a source-to-sea uh, trip uh, guiding on the Zambezi River. I was a river guide. Uh, I, I hunted uh, problem animals that had been killing people and livestock and uh, so on and so forth. And ultimately, this parlayed into a venture capital enterprise trying to find and raise money for startup safari companies. That experience in venture capital ultimately meant that I was inevitably on a path to Wall Street. So I packed up, moved to the city of New York, and uh, learned some pretty hard lessons. I went to work as a stockbroker on Wall Street, qualified only by my remarkably strong skills in BS, which, as it turns out, on Wall Street is pretty much the highest pedigree you can get. It was a horrific experience. I was surrounded by crooks and charlatans. And coming from a small town in the middle of nowhere, I couldn't believe that people would actually treat each other like this. So that didn't last very long. That then moved, I moved on and got involved in the investment advisory business, which itself grew. Uh, I enjoyed tremendous success there as I had in the safari business. Ultimately, I migrated over to the East Coast from Colorado and got involved in the direct asset management business. I was in a partnership and we managed a significant pool of capital in the nine figures. That took me through the uh, housing crisis and the financial crisis. And thanks to my experience in Africa, which we'll be referring to many times, not because of my experience, but the insights and so forth that can be gleaned from my experience and in turn from yours, which is really the premise of these conversations that you and I will be having. I was able to identify these large macroeconomic trends and suitably and, and anticipate the onset and uh, impact of 
the housing bust in the United States, the largest in its history. Likewise, the financial crisis, something that I was fortunate enough to see coming and was able to make the most profitable time in my life. I realized that that's not true for many people, and there were many years where I couldn't actually talk about it because family and friends had had a horrific time. Stock market imploded 56% from October 14th to March of 2007 to uh, through March 9th of 2009, a 56% decline, the largest point decline in the history of U.S. markets and the, the largest financial disaster since the Great Depression. Over that time, my personal income grew 400%. I'll be talking more about what I saw and when I saw it and how we were able to parlay that into personal benefit for me and my clients. But I moved on, uh, ended up moving directly into one-on-one consultations and group consultations with entrepreneurs and high-performing individuals. I had the pleasure of advising and managing assets and consulting for some of America's wealthiest families, heirs of the DuPont family, J.P. Morgan, but also incredible entrepreneurs. And this took me back to my roots. I realized that these were the people I wanted to work with, those that lived right on that sharp edge of input and outcome, of action and consequence. One of the strongest takeaways for me in looking at those clients I truly love to work with was a a bifurcation between the type of people, those that had inherited fortunes from heirs, in some cases over the course of 100 years, were very fear-based They were difficult. They questioned everything, doubted everything, trusted nobody, even each other. The sibling rivalry and so forth was quite hard to watch. Why were these people showing up this way? In my assessment of it, it's because having inherited this money and not earned it themselves, they knew or risked and feared, believed that if they were to lose anything or some effort that we made were not to work out and they were to lose some piece of or all of their fortunes, they didn't have the ability to recreate them. On the other side of the ledger, there were those that I loved working for and with large CEOs in some cases of publicly traded companies, very successful tech entrepreneurs, those in biotech and real estate. Those were my tribe. Those were the people I loved working with because they owned their actions and they owned the outcomes. Consequences were something they were very familiar with. And this brought me back home, really. And that now is what I do. I moved on and uh, purchased a veterinary hospital. I'm now a part owner and a practice owner of a a five-doctor veterinary hospital, a small part owner in a dental practice. And I have a small group of private clients, uh, all of whom are very high-performing individuals. I enjoy beautifully, luxuriously rich relationships with my clients, my family, my friends, and so forth. And I'm able to add, I believe, according to my experiences and theirs, significant value to their businesses and their lives using the tools and techniques and so forth that I'm going to share with you in these conversations. Now, how could I so arrogantly say that I'm going to make a difference for you? Well, it's probably rooted in the fact that I have done more stupid crap than anybody you've ever met. By the time I was 20 years of age, I was responsible for more employees than I had years in my life. And those people are the ones who every one of the insights that I could share with you, if they are of any value, were were earned on the back of these poor people that have worked for me over the years. The mistakes that I've made in my own investments, the investments of my time, my energy, my relationships, and of course, my own capital. And if I can spare you any of those mistakes, if I can point you in the direction of higher probability outcomes, 
I'll feel good about it. And hopefully you will too. This is the goal of the third rail entrepreneur. And this brings me to the actual premise. What is the premise of a third rail entrepreneur? One of the things that you'll notice from that very short kind of truncated bio of mine is I've done dozens of different things. And I have been able to be rewarded remarkably, having built four different seven-figure businesses on two different continents through some of the largest and most volatile economic cycles in history. In my home country of Zimbabwe, by the time I left, unemployment was in, in, in excess of 25%, and inflation was running north of 15, 16 million percent from the time of my youth through a civil war, through the boom cycles of the 80s and 90s uh, throughout the world, but particularly prominent in my home country, I soon found myself together with my brothers and sisters and and, uh, co-citizens on the front lines of the fastest collapsing economy on earth. This is the legacy of the Zimbabwean economic cycle. So hyperinflation all the way to hyperdeflation. I was able, as I shared to enjoy and profit from, having seen this cyclicality, the greatest asset deflation in American history, which, of course, was the housing bust and financial crisis in both real and actual nominal, in nominal and uh, inflation-adjusted terms. The implosion of asset prices around the world followed. This is the environment that I've been able to navigate. And so in these mistakes and some small wins and some large wins, I'm hoping to share with you some really key concepts things that will really make a difference for you. Here's something to know. I have no plans of telling you what to do. I hate being told what to do, even by myself. What I have discovered over my years, particularly as a student of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is something you'll also be hearing a lot more about, is that my favorite way of learning is by discovery. Discovery. I hate business books. They're recycled tropes of one simple concept, probably would have lasted eight pages, stretched out to 245 so the publisher can justify the price of 1995 at the bookstore. But sell, they do. Everybody loves business books, looking for the next great idea. Now, I tend to not really enjoy that. As I say, I like to discover things myself. While I've learned a lot from mentors and friends and and books and experiences over the years, it was direct personal experience that gave me the largest ROI. It was that, and it was my third rail. What is a third rail? Imagine for a moment that you are, if you are an entrepreneur, or if you are an aspiring entrepreneur, that the vast bulk of your life is spent between two domains your family and your relationships, your family and community and friends, and your professional life. Now, brutally and critically and fatally, we tend to not be the same person in both domains. I'm going to make the case to you that that's a huge mistake. A huge mistake. I believe that with the turn of the world as we see it here in 2020, there is a major change coming, and the next big business of the decade is going to be authenticity. I'm going to do my best to be as authentic as I can, to share with you the mistakes I've made and some of the wins, as I say. But you move between these worlds. You are this at work and you are this at home. And this is where we start to fall short. These two rails may keep your train and everything that's on board moving or stable, but they won't power it. If you think that the insights from your work alone will be valuable to your home or from your home to your work, you are missing out 
on the magical power of the third rail. This thing that actually powers and and fires up and electrifies your creativity, the challenges, humility, insight, growth, and deeper experiences all sit inside this third rail. And that's what I'm going to make the case for and with you over the course, as I say, of these conversations. I have enjoyed many third rails, and I have experienced in different industries, many of which have been cross-purposed and transposed into the industries that I'm involved in now. I currently advise clients, very high-performing clients, and everything from veterinary medicine to dental medicine to financial services to real estate to biotech and hedge funds and every manner of industry in between. How could I possibly do that? Because of the power of my cross-pollinated past experiences, rooted in actively seeking out my own third rail. These third rails can show up a number of different ways. Currently, for me, because they change over time, they are three. There are three. They are Brazilian jiu-jitsu, theater, and a non-profit. I had the luxury of holding a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, having trained now for 20 years. Under Henzo Gracie and his lineage, I received my black belt back in 2013. Nothing too impressive. There's a bunch of people out there that can, will, and do routinely stomp me whenever I get on the mat. But the lessons from jiu-jitsu, the imposed humility, that it, it doesn't matter how good you are, when you step on the mat, you will look bad at every training. Not just will you look bad, you, not just will you do stupid stuff, but you will actually, in any sort of match, have to submit to another person. In some cases, maybe a 90-year-old kindergarten teacher. You will lose because your technique and your approach let you down. The power of that can't be overstated. Theater. I am terrible. I have no idea what I'm doing. But putting myself out there, impromptu uh, speeches from the stage to raise money or step into a role, whether it's Shakespeare or anything else, has also provided a true, true richness in my life and given me experiences that can be portable and are portable, can be taken over into my business enterprises. Theater has exposed me to the power and insight of front stage and backstages of performance. Your business is a performance art. It has a front stage and a backstage. The front stage that the audience sees, where everyone is made up and the curtains go up and the atmosphere and the light and music is perfect, where everybody knows their lines and it looks polished. But there's also a backstage, which is chaos. Semi-naked people running back and forth, missing props, dropping lines, conflict, items broken or not working as they should, people who don't show up. This is what goes on behind the curtain in every business out there. This concept was drilled into me later by a mentor of mine 15 years ago uh, who used this great same metaphor, but it was one I was already deeply familiar with, and it'll make immediate sense to you. Theatre has taught me about the power of rehearsal, of costumes, of uniforms, of working in sync with other people, timing, delivery, language, and its powers. All of these things and more have been given to me by theatre. And finally, and this is just finally, currently, things will change. I had the luxury of serving alongside a very rich, uh, and I mean rich in the, all the senses, though finance is not his aspiration, a very rich soul my friend Rory, the founder of Chengeta Wildlife. Chengeta is an international counter-wildlife trafficking operation. I have the luxury of serving as the chairman of the board. This organization is operating right now in six countries in West and Central Africa, changing 
the entire face and future of elephant conservation on my home continent. I expect by the end of 2020, we will have gone from 6 to 10, possibly even 12 countries. We're creating results that nobody in the history of elephant conservation has ever, ever achieved before. What could elephant conservation have to do with entrepreneurship? Only everything. We run this organization like a gorilla, shoestring budget, bootstrapped enterprise. Everybody is in exactly the spot they need to be. We're built of specialists who understand that they need to step in and cover for each other. We're fast, light, aggressive. We cover ground fast. We make a huge difference in the communities. We're connected to the people. We believe in education, empowerment of women, and plugging into the community to help us support their own wildlife. We have to be experts in risk mitigation, international relations, technical difficulties of satellite phones in the most remote corners of the world. Maybe you've heard the word Timbuktu. As a kid, we think Timbuktu is this fantasy land in the middle of nowhere and it doesn't actually exist. Well, most of that is true, except it does exist. And we have operations not too far from Timbuktu. Give you an idea of how stretched out they are. The luxury of my service, and it is a service that I try to provide for Chengeta, has also provided remarkably rich experiences and insights for me, which can be picked up and moved over to other industries just like you. You also have your own experience in different domains, different industries. You have interests outside of your work that you don't make time for because you think you don't have the time and you need to focus on your business. And I'm here to tell you you're making a huge mistake. The things that I've learned from jujitsu have made me a better father, a better husband, a better son, a better boss, and a better business partner. The same is true of all these other areas of my life over the course of the many years. These are just current. In previous iterations, I've been a whitewater river guide, learn a lot about what people do when they're afraid, how to move with the current, how to avoid areas of common traps. I've been involved in venture capital. I've watched the cyclicality of market uh, contractions and expansions and how those show up socially and manifested in art, music, politics, and legislation. Just like you. While my versions may be a little different, the premise remains true for you too. And I'm looking forward to either and being an example to you, by bringing examples rather to you, of outside ideas, contrarian ways of operating, books you've never read before, concepts that have never touched you from different domains, not because I have some areas of mastery that you don't, but I too am a student. So, this is what to expect from this podcast. First of all, case studies. I'm going to bring to you the lessons and insights that I am digging through and working on with my private clients, a small group of extremely successful high-end entrepreneurs. The problems that they share with me in our private consultations, I'm going to uh, twist and tweak and change the names to protect the guilty in this case and bring those to you, hoping that they could be uh, insights you could deploy inside your own entrepreneurial aspiration. The second is something I've already kind of given you an example of. Stories, quotes, legends, ideas. I want to share concepts with you because I find that I, and perhaps you, learn more from concepts than specific tactics or techniques. If I just rip off the tactics or techniques or three steps or seven step process from someone else, all I'm going to do is create outcomes exactly like theirs. But I love discovery. I love creativity. 
I would sometimes rather stumble through my own insights than follow the instruction of someone else. So I'm going to share things with you, stories, things that may make no sense to you. You may not be able to turn them into a profitable idea this week, but I hope to plant seeds in your mind that might provoke further inquiry so that you can discover real wisdom, which reminds me of a beautiful quote by Sam Harris. He says, wisdom is nothing more profound than the ability to follow your own best thinking. That's the point of these stories, quotes, legends, some of which will just be a few minutes. Some will go on for some time. The point of these is to stimulate your creativity, not to solve your problems. And then finally, every week, bring me your BS. That's right. Bring me your BS. What it is that you're whining about in your business, what it is you're stuck on or upsetting you or letting you down, whether it's your profits, your products, your people, whatever it is. We're going to bring, I'm going to ask that you bring those with me. And each week, we'll take the most upvoted one from our burgeoning community on Facebook. You can find us at the Third Rail Entrepreneur. Join our group. It's free, you cheap bugger. Don't worry. Keep your wallet. (laughs) Share your questions, what it is exactly that you're struggling with, as specifically as you can. And we'll get the community to chime in and say, man, that sounds a lot like my problem. And see if I can put myself out there and help you unlock that and solve it. That's the plan. That's pretty much where this podcast is going. I'm going to bring in some stories, some people. I have the luxury of knowing fascinating people in all walks of life. Bring them in to chime in and share their ideas. And here's the really great news. If everything goes well, this will be, given that it's my first, the worst podcast I ever do. That's the good news. Surely it can only go up from here. That's my plan. But until then, look out for number two. I'm going to start out here, episode number two, with who I call the icon, the original third rail entrepreneur, the one who made, that I know of, that made the greatest impact on the history of humanity of perhaps anybody of all time. And yep, he was a third rail entrepreneur. Stand by. That's it for this episode. Thanks for being here. Hey, there's only two things that you have in your life your time and your attention that you've given both to me for these few minutes of today means everything. Cheers.